Hello and welcome to Reactive's Beyond the Byline podcast. I am Evikiori and this week we are taking a deep dive into migration. The topic is back on the priority list for EU leaders that are meeting on the 9th and the 10th of February to discuss and possibly reach a joint EU system to manage migration. The EU has spent years trying and failing to reform the bloc's immigration and asylum framework and the outcome so far is a collection of incoherent migration policies on a national level. In the backseat of these decisions lay human rights, with illegal and violent pushbacks being one of the practices adopted by member states that struggle to find better solutions. Italy and Greece have been condemned internationally for using these practices, with the latest investigation led by the Lighthouse Reports showing that the staff of commercial ferries has become responsible for pushing back migrants that travel from Greece to Italy. Why are the workers on these ferries detaining migrants and in which ways are they violating the laws and the human rights of migrants? To understand this better, I spoke with investigative journalist Stavros Malihoudis, who has been investigating and reporting on the pushbacks, and Euractiv's editor Natalie Weatherald. Natalie, migration is again a hot topic on the EU summit agenda. What can we expect to be discussed there? According to the draft conclusions for the summit, it seems like there'll be a few topics on the agenda. So firstly, there'll be the external element, so the question of control of the EU's external borders. So this will include discussions on the jurisdiction of Frontex in third countries, particularly around the Western Balkan route, which according to Frontex's statistics accounted for nearly half of the irregular border crossings in 2022. And then also the question of increasing external action through cooperation and visa policy alignment with third countries. So that's looking at addressing the root causes of migration. There'll probably also be discussion on how to crack down on smugglers and human trafficking networks as well as how the EU can increase its own data gathering on migratory flows and the registration of arrivals. Um, And of course, also discussion on the progress of the new pact on migration and asylum, which looks to create a coordinated EU response. Um, One of the biggest issues on the agenda that we're expecting, however, and that we've been hearing a lot about lately, is the question of migrant returns. So the repatriation of people who've come to Europe, applied for asylum, and then had their claim rejected. Um, The EU has said that one of its key priorities at the moment is to step up these returns. And while the returns are a priority, the practices used have gathered reactions. Pushbacks are one of these questionable practices. And Stavros, you've been following the migration and the refugee crisis for years. You contributed to the investigation on pushbacks conducted by Lighthouse Reports, an NGO that focuses on complex transnational investigations. What's the story and what were the findings of the investigation on pushbacks? We worked for most of 2022 on it and it basically uncovered some practices of pushbacks which are what I think the the least known pushbacks in Europe. So basically this involves the, the ferries to which migrants try to reach uh, Italy from the, from the Greek ports and how these people are sent back with the same ferries in, in some places that are described as prisons by the employees and by the refugees themselves. So basically they are locked in some uh, dark secret rooms in the same ferries that they tried to reach Italy from Greece, and they are sent back uh, locked there, sometimes handcuffed, sometimes uh, for up to 25, 30 hours, 
and basically they are turned to Greece and then usually they are detained for a few days and then they might get free if they don't have an issue with their papers or so. And in some cases, there was one case that the, there was what we call the chain pushback. So basically, there was a person who was pushed back from Italy to Greece. And later on, he was pushed back from Greece to Turkey. Pushbacks refer to the practice of forcing asylum seekers or refugees to return to a country where they face danger or persecution without allowing them to have their asylum claims assessed. Under international law, refugees have the right to seek asylum and to not be sent back to a country where their life or freedom would be threatened. This principle is known as the non-refoulement obligation. The practical implementation of the non-refoulement principle in the EU has been a subject of controversy, with reports of pushbacks at the EU's external borders and allegations of human rights violations. The EU and its member states are under ongoing pressure to ensure that their immigration and asylum policies are in compliance with their legal obligations and respect the rights of refugees and asylum seekers. Savers, you talked to the people who were pushed back to Greece and tried to figure out under what conditions the pushbacks were done. What did they share with you? We met uh, several of them uh, who were victims of this practice. I think the the, the most worrying uh, description could be that they really felt desperate because it's it's really difficult to you know to even manage to get into these ferries because. Patra and Igumenitsa, the two Greek ports, they have been so there has been so much improvement, you know, in security. There have been so much more controls, dogs, X-rays, uh, CCTV cameras. So it's really difficult to make it. It's what they call the game, and to make the game, actually, sometimes you need to try six months, which means trying every day, getting hurt, getting chased by the police. So when they made it into the ferries, and then they realized that you know they they might have made it, and then they were sent back with the same ferries being on the on the on the move for I don't know for 60 hours maybe they, they were really desperate they were desperate they couldn't understand you know like how this is happening in European soil uh, and the other thing is that you know we have to take into account that also these people who try this practice they are also the ones usually who cannot maybe afford the price for the smuggling networks in the Balkans so there's also this aspect the the financial aspect that you know they, they have the least chances. The first thing that they would do when they find them is take their mobile phones so that they cannot take photos, they cannot call someone. Uh, uh, usually the belt or the shoes. This is this reminds me a bit of prison-like uh, detention, which is the goal is not to kill yourself. And uh, the phones were returned to them. When they, were, when they were back to Greece, they were given to them. We didn't experience the practice that, for example, happens in many Balkan borders where uh, border guards, they might steal the people's belongings and their money and everything. The belongings, they were given back to them uh, properly. But the whole process of documentation was very difficult. What we made use of is the descriptions of the people. So basically, when we would talk with victims, they would we would try to get a glimpse of of the of the location, you know, like, When they caught you, you were there. And then where did you go? And how many steps did you make? 
And do you remember how was the, yeah, the facility there, the environment? Did you go up? Did you go down? So basically, we gathered these uh, testimonies and then we uh, went on board ourselves. So what happens after these people are returned to Greece? Usually they, they might be detained for three or four days or sometimes even for some hours only. And then they are let free. Uh, if they don't have any issue with their papers or any criminal, I don't know, uh, issue uh, on them. And so, but uh, usually they are let free. So the Greek authorities, uh, they have signed this bilateral agreement with the, with the Italian authorities since 2001. This is, the, this is the base, this is the structure of this whole practice. And when they are brought back, they are just given to the, to the Coast Guard. The Coast Guard keeps them for a few days and then they let them free. You're listening to Your Actives Beyond the Byline podcast. Subscribe to our podcast newsletter on youractive.com slash newsletters. And if you want to learn more on what happened during this summit with migration, look for our explainer video on youractive.com. And if you want to expand your knowledge in other fields, you can listen to our tech podcast and our agri-food podcast. And if you have any comments or ideas, you can drop a line at podcast at youractive.com. The most important part of the investigation is the involvement of private ferries and their staff in the pushback process. Why are these ferries the ones that are responsible for the pushbacks? We have seen many aspects of, I don't know, social life being privatized, but I had never seen before uh, pushbacks being privatized. So basically, the, the staff of the companies, they are responsible for the whole procedure. They are the ones who will detect the people when they're hiding on the boat. They are the ones who will apprehend them. They are the ones who will take them to the room, who will lock them in the room, sometimes who will handcuff them, who will bring them food. They are, they are, they are the ones, they are the ones. There is no Coast Guard, Greek or, or uh, Italian in the ferries, so they do the whole practice. They bring the people to Italy. The, the Italian authorities, they go through some procedures, sometimes informal, sometimes they do follow the procedures, but sometimes they don't even... Um, a record that these people have arrived and then they are sent back with the same ferry so it means that again the same people from the same company they put them in the same room they lock them they bring them food at some times and then they deliver them back to the to the to the greek coast guard The interesting thing is this, in my in my view, that you have a totally privatized pushback practice, and I'm not sure that I don't know you or me or anybody else in Europe would be able to handcuff someone uh, as an individual, as a as a citizen of the EU, and that it, this would go unpunished. And I'm not sure that you would be able to lock someone for up to 30 hours in a dark room, and this would go unpunished. But in this case, the ferry companies are the ones who have been. Uh, outsourced to, to practically do these practices. And it's absurd having the staff of these ferries responsible for detaining and imprisoning people. This is a clear example of law violations by individuals that by any means don't have the authority to proceed to detentions, imprisoning or guarding uh, migrants or asylum seekers. So what is the response of the company in question? 
the company uh, Superfast Ferries, which is one of the largest in, in Greece and actually in Europe as well, they, they initially replied that they really take what we uh, claim very seriously and that they are going to investigate it and that they co- they're going to have a thorough investigation of this. And when we followed up, asking that we would still like to have some answers in our specific questions, we were advised uh, not to proceed with a publication that could damage their interests. Um, I think one positive aspect uh, of impact of, of this story is that Penen, which is the union of the sailors who work in this kind of ships, like the commercial navy, as we would say, they issued an announcement following the publication and they really asked for these practices to stop. So I think this was some positive outcome of the story. But the company, they they first said they take it very seriously and then then just denied and said that uh, they really advised us in the same email, I think three times, in the same email to not publish the story. The agreement between Greece and Italy was struck in 2001 and it states that when a third country national uh, has irregularly entered Italy from Greece, they will have to be returned to Greece with the same ferry they arrived to Italy. The issue there is that as the European Court of Human Rights has found in previous decisions, uh, this is not enough. You know, So the fact that two countries in the EU, they make an agreement between them It doesn't mean that the European law and the European uh, Convention of Human Rights do not have to be in place. So Italy has been condemned for this practice. There is supervision from the European Court of Human Rights to see if Italy's behavior has changed in this practice. Now, the European Union has established a directive regarding the repatriation of non-EU citizens to their home countries. The so-called Return Directive, which is a binding EU law that outlines uniform standards for the removal of third-country nationals who are staying illegally within the EU. The directive establishes procedures for such repatriations, including the distribution of a return decision and the potential use of detention under certain conditions, such as the commission of a crime or the use of falsified documents. The directive guarantees certain rights to the third country nationals, including the opportunity for an individual interview, the right to legal counsel, and access to necessities like housing, food and medical treatment. However, in the pushbacks from Italy to Greece, this directive hasn't been necessarily respected. So, according to this, Natalie, what is the Italian side saying about this investigation? Um, So, back in 2014, the European Court of Human Rights ruled that Italy was participating in illegal pushbacks, um, and there was an official monitoring mission implemented of its border processes at the ports. Um, Since then, the Italian authorities have repeatedly claimed that this practice has stopped. But what the January investigation provides evidence to show is that these pushbacks are continuing. Um, In direct response to the investigation, Barry's police chief rejected the misconduct allegations. Um, He told Swiss broadcaster SRF that anyone who wants to apply for asylum or international protection can do so. Pushbacks of migrants and refugees, whether carried out by individual states or in cooperation with other states, can violate these legal obligations and may result in human rights abuses. The European Court of Human Rights has repeatedly held that pushbacks and forced returns can amount to a breach of the prohibition of torture and inhuman or degrading treatment. And in this case, human rights organizations are reacting to the findings of this investigation. 
Euromed Human Rights Monitor, which is a Geneva-based independent organization, um, they made, they issued a statement urging the Italian government to immediately end all the illegal pushbacks, um, investigate the crimes committed against migrants and asylum seekers, and fulfill their obligations under the Refugee Convention, EU Charter and Italian Constitution. Um, but more broadly speaking, for a long time, the practice of pushbacks has been repeatedly condemned by human rights organizations and NGOs. Natalie, on a European level, did the findings of this investigation reach out the right ears? Did we have any reactions? And if so, what is done so far? Yeah, so at the end of January, uh, a group of Green MEPs submitted a question to the Commission for a written answer specifically on this investigation. Um, looking at how the practice is compatible with EU asylum policy and how the Commission intends to follow up. Uh, We haven't received a response from the Commission yet. Uh, Regarding pushbacks in general, the European Parliament released a report in 2021 condemning the practice, saying that it erodes EU values as enshrined in the treaties. Um, However, in its role as the guardian of the treaties, the Commission's progress on the new Pact on Migration and Asylum will really be the space to watch here. Um, An element of the pact is the establishment of a new mechanism for monitoring fundamental rights at the EU's borders. So it remains to be seen how this will take shape and how the Commission will take action. Thank you very much. I am Evi Chiori and this was Euractiv's Beyond the Byline podcast. Visit Euractiv for the latest news and if you haven't subscribed to the podcast, you can do so on your favorite podcasting app. This episode was produced by myself with the help of Natalie Weatherald. Thank you for listening.